Hi there. My name's Andrew Kays, and I'm the pastor at Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church of Paynes Point. That's in rural Oregon, Illinois. You're about to hear me preach. The Holy Gospel, according to St. Matthew, the 20th chapter, Jesus said to them, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When the landowner went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around him. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? And they said to him, because no one has hired us. So the landowner said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, these last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But the landowner replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. This is the gospel of our Lord. Grace and peace to you, sisters and brothers in Christ. If it hasn't already come to your mind, let me draw your attention to the old cliche. A child making their case turns to the parent, but that's not fair. Life isn't fair. (laughs) The parent often responds, dismissing that sense of fairness by saying, well, don't expect that idea of fairness. Appealing to fairness is, you know, that's something children do quite often. And of course, it's always with a a certain sort of fairness. There's different types of fairness. And, And for them, it's if I want something and someone else gets it, well, then I deserve it too. Fairness in this childlike sense means everyone gets the same thing. For these adult workers in the parable, and I would dare say many of us, we develop a sense of fairness that works a bit different. Not quite the opposite, but different. Now we figure the thing that ought to be the same for everyone is maybe opportunity or uh, rules, right? Like the rules ought to be laid out ahead of time. We ought to agree to them and we ought to play by them. And if we all know the rules and play by the same rules, then we'll get outcomes that we should expect based on how we play the game. Work more, earn more. Work less, earn less. Fair is fair, right? I thought life isn't fair. Well, it certainly seems for some of this stuff it isn't. You know, we could turn to Paul to flesh this out. Our uh, 
let's call it a Christian work ethic. Because he plays with this tension when he's talking about uh, how, how and when preachers ought to be compensated. And it's a tension that our adult sense of fairness brings into play. That we should be compensated for the work we do and yet not feel entitled to compensation. It's put another way, we shouldn't expect to be compensated for every little thing we do, much less require it, right? Like, I'm not going to even help if I don't get anything out of it. In modern terms, I've heard this framed quite appropriately as, uh, when a church dinner is over, the pastor's place is washing dishes. Not that washing dishes is the pastor's job. That's not what they're paid for. It's not in the job description, but it's something that falls to volunteers that presumably the pastor can do as well as anyone else. And they should therefore feel obligated to do it, at least every now and again. You volunteer to do the things you're good at. Okay, but maybe you didn't think about whether the pastor helps do the dishes. That lesson applies to everybody, but you probably didn't think about dishes at all. Instead, you know, this parable doesn't mention volunteering or even whether or not someone works. It's about how much you get compensated. It's laser focusing in on a particular set of concerns instead of fairness in general, right? Because the workers feel that way. They think like the child, but this isn't fair. I shouldn't be compensated like this, but the master hits back. How is it not fair? Aren't you getting paid what you agreed to? Doesn't the master have the right to be generous as they see fit? Are you really losing out because someone else gets extra? You're playing by the rules you agreed to, aren't you? Remember Matthew, um, this gospel writer. We've been, we've been going through the Matthew this whole year, and this keeps coming up. Matthew includes unique parables, many, many unique parables, uh, and sermons and the like. And they tend to touch on a few themes that are important to Matthew, like Judgment Day and who belongs. So we might guess this unique parable, unique to Matthew, maybe it's about Judgment Day. And if it is, then the landowner is God, the manager is Jesus, and the people called out of the street to work in the field are, well, they're us, right? The Greek word for church, ecclesia, is literally called out. So we get the sense it might be about Judgment Day, that's a pretty classic reading of this parable, and, well, it sticks around because it conveys a particular truth where it leads us isn't wrong. It's not quite as uncomfortable as getting paid the same as someone who did less, but it's along the same lines. If someone is born, baptized, and lives their whole life as a good, faithful, hard-working, generous Christian, and meanwhile, just down the street, their neighbor is born and does, uh, you know, the opposite, until about five minutes before their death, they then repent and get baptized, and, well, both me and them, the first and the second, are saved, destined for the same reward, and that's not fair. Afterlife isn't fair. But we're not complaining about that, right? We recognize the master's point in the parable. We don't lose out because someone else gains. Uh, we don't receive less mercy because someone else receives more. Here's the catch, though. This is the problem, as I see it, with that classic reading of this parable. If we aren't upset the way our stand-ins in the parable are, well, we haven't got to the heart of it yet. There's still more to be learned here. Now, we can infer, talking about these parables unique to Matthew, the kind of issues that were unique to Matthew's community. He's not just fixated on Judgment Day. He thinks the teachings from Jesus about the end of days address, they speak to real-world problems 
a problem or multiple problems that are affecting him and his community. And I already mentioned that the other theme that comes up a a lot is who belongs. Well, these two are actually connected. Judgment Day informs who belongs here and now. A primary consideration in Matthew and many of the parables is who is faking it, right? It seems that in Matthew's community, there are some faking faith for some social advantages, for the prestige, for the honor. Uh, If they were in this parable, they're not. They're in plenty of others. They'd be like standing around doing nothing. But there is the flip side of this question of who belongs. What about the other end of the spectrum what about those who don't get the social advantages the respect the adoration the people who take the call of jesus the work of the kingdom and all the rest as serious as anyone you've ever met and yet no one cares no one will listen to them it should come as no shock then if you're aware another little cliche in our culture the more things change the more they stay the same. Think over your years in the church, whichever congregation it may have been, who has the loudest voice? Have you ever heard a church council meeting uh, and and somebody says, well, we're going to have to ask Clark first, or even, well, this isn't what Jane would have wanted. Jane died years ago. We know who has the prestige. Folks who have been around and active and vocal for decades upon decades. You also know who you don't ask first. And it's, again, the other side of the spectrum. It's the people who haven't been around for decades. The people uh, who look around the congregation and, well, we joke about it in this congregation, right? It's like anybody who's not been here 10 years is a new member. Somebody can join. They're excited. They want to get involved. And yet, they got to wait 10 years. (laughs) before we can really find something for them to do. And it's just strange because we can do these ministries that have 5, 10, 20 volunteers, and yet there doesn't seem to be room for another. I mean, part of that's habit, part of it's tradition, part of it's you know who you know and that's who you ask, and part of it's that it's easier if I just do my job the way I've always done it rather than teach someone else. But deep down, a big part of it too is that if someone new comes in and someone new has some say, Things are going to change. And the more say, the more prestige, the more ownership they have of the congregation and its ministries, well, that means uh, I have less, and that's not fair. Church life isn't fair. We don't have to think very hard to imagine where newcomers to the congregation, this other side of the spectrum of the issues facing Matthew's community, where would they be in this parable? They're the workers who arrived later. They didn't put in the time like you did. Their family names aren't on any of the memorial plaques. They don't have relatives in the cemetery. They can't remember when the add-ons went up or when the lights got put in. or They just haven't earned what you earned. But then the master looks over us. Maybe the end of the day isn't the end of days, but just the end of today. And the master looks over and sees the lifelong committed member, sees the first-time visitor, sees that pastor who got here after me and will be, you know, and I'll still be there when he's gone. And the master says, they all deserve the same. (laughs) The same grace, the same mercy, the same payment, prestige, ownership. As it often goes with these parables, the good news doesn't feel so good to each of us. Sometimes we've got to be corrected. You've put the time in. 
the money, the effort, the energy, and then someone else shows up and they get as much as you, that feels like it's not fair. On the other hand, for those who are late to the game, those who have wandered off, those who haven't had the ability to put as much time in as the rest, whatever the reason is that got us to where we are, for them this is good news. The author of creation and the judge of what matters has determined that they are equal in value, equal to be cherished. And while that may seem like life isn't fair to some of us, at least some of the time, the fact is the rules were laid out ahead of time. And we're all playing by the same rules. That adult sense of fairness is satisfied. The master who is merciful with those who do not deserve mercy, well, that master is merciful with us when we don't deserve it too. Maybe that's not fair, but maybe life is fair. And thank God for that. Amen. Thanks for listening. I pray God spoke to you in some way. A quick note at the end, which you can skip if you've heard it before. The audio in my sermons does not always come with proper citations. While I do some self-study and lean on my own seminary education, I also lean on my colleagues with whom we have a regular text study, and I also use Luther Seminary's Working Preacher website and their podcast, Sermon Brainwave, fairly often. Some credit is due to at least one of those other sources. Wherever you are, whenever you hear this, please be well. Take care of yourself and each other. Be responsible and have a great rest of the week. Thanks.